Du lyssnar på Dekonstruktiv kritik. Jag är Aron Flam, avsnittet gästas av forskaren Itai Roveni som är chef för det fristående forskningsinstitutet NGO Monitor. Han var inbjuden för att debattera på Olof Palme-centrets globala torget på bokmässan i år vars motto var Länge lever ordet. Du kan aldrig gissa vad som hände sedan. Men först vill jag tacka dig som stödjer dekonstruktiv kritik. Det finansieras av dig som lyssnar och gillar det du hör. Du kan stötta DK på patreon.com aronflam där du också får avsnitten några dagar före gemene man och tillgång till extra långa reaktionsavsnitt med mig och David Eberhardt. Glöm för övrigt inte att titta på mina och David Eberhards reaktionsvideos. Båda delarna av när jag och David reagerar på Matt Walshs dokumentär What is a woman? Korta versionerna ligger ute på min Youtube-kanal och i full längd på patreon.com slash aronflam. Härnäst släpper vi det absolut tråkigaste boomers reagerar som spelats in och det är när vi reagerar på SVTs babel. Herregud vilket sömnpiller det var. Det går såklart också bra att stötta mitt arbete på Paypal med bitcoin eller med Swish 0768 0768943737. Ett ännu större tack till dig som kommit på någon av kvällarna under min och Jens Ganmans gemensamma turné scener från ett tvångsäktenskap. Det har gått så pass bra att vi funderar på att förlänga turnén med några städer till. Vilka det blir återkommer jag till framöver. Tills vidare hittar du min och Jens Ganmans bok Älskade Public Service, själva underlaget för turnén på min hemsida aronflam.com merchandise. Så, Vänskapsförbundet Sverige Israel deltog i årets bokmässa i Göteborg där arrangeras även Globala torget. Citat Globala torget är ett nätverk av organisationer, myndigheter och förlag som arbetar med globala utvecklingsfrågor och mänskliga rättigheter. Dessa aktörer hittar du såväl som utställare som arrangörer av program på vår scen. Slutcitat. Det här är enligt deras egen hemsida. Olof Palmes internationella center är de som för femte året i rad arrangerar Globala torget på bokmässan 2022 i Göteborg. Den 23 september klockan 16.00 till 16.20 skulle GIF, judar för israelisk-palestinsk fred, hålla ett föredrag med titeln Israel, ockupation och apartheid. Föredraget skulle hållas på engelska och den som bjudit sin av GIF att tala är talesperson för den israeliska organisationen Betselem. Betselem är... Utan att överdriva, en vänsterorganisation som i sin iver att skapa samförstånd mellan judar och araber konsekvent ställer sig på arabernas sida. Gipf är en grupp judar som mest verkar vara judar när vänstern vill anklaga Israel för vad som nästan alltid verkar vara antisemitiska stereotyper. Typ blodsanklagelse eller liknande. Att hata sig själv som jude är inget konstigt. Det är en del av den judiska identiteten. Men om du hatar andra judar är det lika mycket antisemitism som från vem som helst. Klockan 16.20, strax efter GIF och Betselem, kan du se att Vänskapsförbundet Sverige Israel har 20 minuter på sig. Lika länge som föregående föredrag. För sin föreläsning som hade titeln Därför är Israel ingen apartheidstat. De har så att säga sin, sitt sätt att se på saken. 
Därefter kan du se att de sista 20 minuterna ska ägnas åt frågan om Israel är en apartheidstat eller inte. För att göra en lång historia kort bestämmer sig Olof Palme Center för att stryka de sista två delarna av timme 16 till 17 på Globala torget den 23 september 2022. Oavsett hur man vänder och vrider på saken står alltså Gipf och Betselem oemotsagda i frågan om Israels eventuella apartheid. Så långt allt gott och allt som vanligt. Vänskapsförbundet Sverige Israel som bjudit in forskaren Itai Rovini anklagar Olof Palme Center och Globala torget för cancel culture. Generalsekreteraren för Olof Palmes internationella center Anna Sundström anser att det är Vänskapsförbundet som inte anmält sin talare i tid. Citat Anna Sundström is secretary general for the Olof Palme International Center from the 13th of February 2017. Miss Sundström comes from a post of policy advisor at the Swedish Ministry for Foreign Affairs, alltså svenska UD. She has previously worked as international secretary of the Social Democratic Women's Organization, as international secretary and policy advisor in the Swedish Parliament, and more recently as head of operations of the Olof Palme International Center, enligt deras egen hemsida. Som svar på anklagelsen från Vänskapsförbundet Sverige Israel svarar i alla fall Anna Sundström att citat, den programpunkt som ställdes in var en paneldiskussion som arrangerades av Globala torget där Vänskapsförbundet Sverige Israel tackat ja till att medverka tillsammans med bland annat en representant för Betselem. På skärmdumparna kan man dock tydligt se att det var Vänskapsförbundet Sverige Israel som skulle vara arrangör för ett 20 minuters anförande om varför Israel inte är en apartheidstat. Och där står också Itai Roveni från NGO Monitor anmäld. Eftersom ingen fick höra det kan vi bara gissa för även om Betselem inte ville debattera mot NGO Monitor är det konstigt att globala med Anna Sundström i spetsen inte vill låta NGO Monitor och Vänskapsförbundet Sverige Israel hålla ett eget anförande på den tid som uppgivits till just detta. Något hon förklarar med att, citat, vilket vi också sa nej till då tid inte fanns för att säkerställa att de kriterier som gäller för medverkande organisationer var uppfyllda. Medverkande organisationer ska anmäla intresse av att medverka i god tid innan bokmässan, slutcitat. Något gipf alltså inte verkar behöva hålla sig till när de bjöd in Betselem. Men det är tydligen skillnad på judar och judar här för... Jag får också ta del av mejlkonversationen mellan Vänskapsförbundet och bland annat Patrik Derston och Anna Sundström från OPIC som jag numera kallar Olof Palmes internationella center. Och han är ansvarig för just globala torget på bokmässan, alltså Patrik Derston. Det är en lång tråd där det är tydligt att OPIC, OPIC, sorry, inte OPEC, det är lätt att blanda ihop dem, men det är alltså OPIC det ska vara. Eh, slingrar sig något i betydelsen att de inte rätt ut kan säga vad som är problemet med just NGO Monitor. Så jag ringer Patrik Derston för att fråga vad han anser har hänt. Om du är patron för att höra hela det samtalet. Om du inte är patron för att höra detta. Jag, menar, jag har varit på bokmässan. Jag vet ju hur det brukar se ut Patrik. Det brukar ju inte vara jättemånga röster som är pro-israeliska. Vi har en globala fråga många saker. Det är inte bara men inte just inte just det här perspektivet. Ja, men det här är ju rösten ni har bjudit in. 
som ja, sen inte som sen inte får tal. Ni ni bjöd nej men ni bjöd ju in. Så i som de har satt program för. Det här är ett program som är en debatt som jag försökte arrangera för att det tyckte var spännande med en debatt om det här ämnet. Men som inte fick till på slutändan. Judarna är verkligen ett sjukt otursförföljt folk. Sådan himla otur hela tiden. Det är så typiskt att när de väl blir inbjudna att bemöta anklagelser som riktas mot dem så går det inte att hålla föredraget. Det var alltså ett litet litet smakprov. För dig som vill höra resten finns den på min Patreon. Patreon.com slash armflam. För att bringa lite klarhet i vad som hände, i alla fall från israeliskt håll, så ringer jag upp Itai Rovini från NGO Monitor för att få reda på hur han upplevt situationen. Itai är expert på sociala rörelser och civilsamhällen. Eh, NGOs, alltså icke-statliga organisationers roll i konflikter, ekonomiskt stöd till antisemitism och terrorism. Han är också talesperson för NGO Monitor, ett oberoende forskningsinstitut som forskar om just icke-statliga organisationer. Njut! Mr. Itai Rouveni, a hearty welcome to Deconstructive Criticism. Thank you, thank you. So, uh, please, um, can you explain, I I ask this this question to all my guests so that they get to define themselves with their own words. Who are you? Well, uh, I'm a 40 years old uh, Israeli, Israeli born uh, and raised. In the last 11 years, I'm well known as part of NGO Monitor. It's a Jerusalem-based research institute. And we are dealing with, uh, we're researching the involvement of non-governmental organizations in political campaigns, especially with relation to anti-Semitism, Uh, boycotts towards Israel and even uh, terrorism. Uh, overall, I'm uh, um, I'm also my academic background is actually about social movements and Iran uh, and some uh, more international uh, aspects of how social movements work. Uh, I was born and raised in Ashkelon, which is a few kilometers from Gaza. Uh, lived in Jerusalem for a while. Uh, studied studied in the Hebrew. Did my army in the in the paratroopers as a combat soldier, and and still doing st- still doing it as a reserve. Uh, and I very much define myself as an, an uh, expert when it comes to civil society uh, and how it becomes more and more a political tool, and how it uh, reflects into our uh, daily politics. And that's it. And I was. Uh, Social first, movements uh, and Iran is a uh, is a topic a la mode at the moment, is it not? Oh yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's it's interesting because I was dealing with those topics back then in uh, in my master degree in 2009. Also, there was uh, the, the the green uh, protest in Iran, and I was very much into it. But that was a decade or more than a decade ago, and in this decade, I. Um, my focus is more and more on social movements and civil movements that works towards the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So I can say in self-criticism that I, I neglected my academic interest in Iran, but I do much, very much connected. My family is, uh, is from there. I still have family there. Um, so I, 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 follow, I follow every day on what's going on. Yeah, I bet. But I mean, in your defense, uh, NGOs against Israel is a bu- much bigger market than. Uh, oh yeah, that, that's a good business to have to to 
yes. to be in now. So, um, and NGO Monitor, uh, is it anyway funded by the Israeli state or is it completely uh, independent? It's completely independent. We are not getting any money from any government, not Israeli or not any European. Uh, we are very much uh, jealous to our uh, uh, independent uh, resources, meaning we are uh, fundraising from private foundations, from private uh, people, mainly in the US and Canada, but also we have some uh, from Europe, from Israel. Uh, it's 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 not a new organization. We uh, uh, we exist for almost twenty years, uh, and we are also not so big. Sometimes people portray us as some monster with three hundred people, but we are a very team of seventeen people with a with a modest budget. Uh, and but we are considering ourselves as a pioneers when it comes to um, try and understand why why no one ever uh, in a systematic manner criticized human rights NGOs or why why no one putting the mirror in front of them and why and would ask, people I mean they are the good guys are they not yeah so so I think in order to understand if we want to get into to, to understand the process and also that will be also much more um, a, a good segue to what's uh, to what's happening in Europe and in Sweden uh, specifically, is actually to understand the nature of uh, um, of the human rights NGO status in the Western world. So for years, for decades, they had a, they had halo, halo like like angels. angels, and it's an actually in psychology it's called the the halo effect. Yes, when we we tend to uh, we tend to judge someone by by a trigger, by a positive trigger, and, and then we ask, we, we just stop asking any other questions. So, uh, so for years, when you say in Europe, not only Europe, but especially, I, I'm a human rights activist. Activist. I'm a human rights um, organization. You have this halo that prevents from anyone to asking questions or to criticize. Everyone assuming that because you're doing for such a good cause and human rights is a good cause, but they're assuming that you're also a good person or yes. you're a good organization. And I can count endless, really endless uh, cases where the biggest human rights NGOs were involved in the most notorious things that you can think of. Uh, Amnesty now is facing a lot of criticism on what's going on in their own corridors with racism and abuse against interns. Oxfam was involved in a, in a, in a network of, of sexual trafficking of young girls in Africa. Like, you, ha you have it. You have it everywhere. Like, by the way, like every other organization. But for some reason, to give a criticism... Even a constructive one is a big no-no in the Western world. So we, we, so once we understand that, we also understand why no one ever asking the question, the right questions. Which brings me to the another part, it, uh, and it's correlated to the halo effect, is the money. Once you assume that someone's good and you don't ask the right questions. And you're and you don't have any accountability and responsibility, the money just flows. 
And that explains a lot why you have an industry of anti-Israeli and sometimes anti-Semitic NGOs. Why so much money comes uh, from European governments to those NGOs in the name of human rights, in the, in the name of uh, Palestinian human rights, which is good, which is it's a good cause. And, and once we we um, attached the halo effect and the money, then we can understand how some of these NGOs control the discourse. Uh, they are the sole subcontractors of some of the European governments. Um, they uh, they basically set up policy international policy and, and by, not, not only with the conflict I, we can see it in many other uh, things uh, it can be climate it can be uh, other conflict zones um, women rights everything uh, so from our research basically asking those questions that no one asks who are the NGOs involved are they really promoting human rights are they really uh, who are the funders let's say the Swedish government, is the Swedish government aware that the money is flowing into NGOs that works against its own policy? Uh, and if yes, so why they're doing this? And if no, what we can do in order to aware? And, and, and our research basically, in, it's, it sits in this niche and goes deep to questions of uh, the apartheid slur against Israel, anti-Semitism, connections between civil society frameworks and uh, terror organizations and how it's sometimes being used uh, the, all the bds boycott the, the investments and sanctions campaign and i think that that's uh, as, as a background of why we're doing what we do that's pretty much sums sums everything i understand uh, and on that note you were recently invited to the gothenburg book fair so you you had a chance to visit uh, our beautiful country uh, how come you were invited? Yeah, so uh, so first time first time I I arrived to Sweden was uh, a week ago, a week and a half ago. In uh, uh, I was invited by the uh, Sweden Israel uh, Friendship Association, which is a it's an NGO that's trying to uh, uh, promote the relations between the two countries and also trying to to. Uh, uh, serve as a counter to the attacks that uh, some NGOs from the other side sometimes um, attacking Israel. Uh, so we are collaborating with them for years. And at some point they said that uh, there is this fair. It's, a, it's huge. It's important. It's basically considered in Sweden to, uh, and I quote, to a celebration of freedom of speech. And we understand that there are almost 10 NGOs solely invested on the anti-Israeli propaganda. Uh, again, I, I, I do the differentiation between pro-Palestinian and anti-Israeli. That's, that's very important to uh, know. You can yes. be a pro-Palestinian, but uh, it, it, all of it was against Israel. And they said, look, there are 10 of them and only one of us. They bringing their own speakers. They have almost six, seven panels without debate, only their own ideas in the fair, in the global square area, when all the yes, more political global authority, is happening. Which is hosted by 
Olof Palme International Center for the last five yeah, years, so, I think. So that that's that's I, I, that that I knew after the fact. So so basically, me as a as a as someone that got invited, I wasn't in any way try to be involved in all the technical questions. I just knew that I'm coming. Uh, I've been asked to present our own research about uh, if Israel is apartheid or not. And in some point when, when, when they invited me, I said, look, all those NGOs are there. The organizers want to do a debate because they see that all the program about Israel-Palestine is all one side. Not, there is no real debate. And I said, I will love to do debate. I will sit with any group that you will want me to sit with, even the worst anti-Israeli BDS group. I will sit in order to provide the audience an intellectual debate with uh, with arguments, with counter-arguments, and, and, and that's it. And then I was, okay, so come. I, the, 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 the Sweden-Israel Association invited me. Um, I knew it's going to be an interesting experience because usually we are not working on the ground. We are working in the research level, in the in the law, in the decision making levels. Uh, when I'm doing lectures, is usually to decision makers, groups, activists. But we are not an Israeli. We are not advocating for Israel and trying to explain yeah. the state of Israel. So for me, it was very interesting. Um, and, and yeah, I arrived there. Uh, it was overwhelming the, the amount of groups and people for Ukraine and South Africa and Afghanistan and every every major idea that going around the civil society today was present for you know. And you can see also the how, how do you say it? Uh, you can you can uh, compare which groups are stronger or not when you see one little. Uh, booth on Iran and nine others on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, you can also understand what are the priorities. Yes. And, and I was also understood that half of it, or maybe more than half, was funded by uh, by SIDA. SIDA was, SIDA, the Swedish government, was a, a major player. Uh, but in the beginning, I really didn't, I, I, I acted like as a, you know, an honorable guest that came to uh, to an event um and 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 i think that what's what's changed that and what led me under to understand understanding that basically sida outsourced the management of this thing to number of ngos including all of palma and others was that i've been i've been personally cancelled and that's the first time it's ever happened to me Welcome to the club. <laughs> and I'm 11 years in this business. And if someone goes to my... Um, but you were cancelled. Yeah, yeah, I've been... But, but, but the, 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 the thing is that I call it... Uh, that, that was a polite cancel. And I... Even when I was active in the Muslim Jewish conference, which is very hard for someone with my... Uh, with my views to be active in such a thing it was it uh, it didn't happen we i sat with iranians and pakistanis and bds activists yes we are not agreeing on things yes there is 
lack of trust, there is anger, but we are sitting, yes, we are discussing. That's that's a thing. We are providing the things that others cannot do. We we exchanging ideas, and deep in my heart, I knew that some of the NGOs like Amnesty and their guests from the Israeli NGO Betzelem and other Swedish NGOs that was active there against Israel, I knew they they will not want to sit with me on the same stage. But I I did everything I can to make sure that from my side, I am the one that opened up to, to those ideas. And actually, that's the vibe I received from the organizers that, yes, we want to debate. A day before the conference, uh, and sorry, a day, a day before the debate, we uh, those NGOs understood that I'm actually there. I don't think they realized or even bothered to check that there is someone from NGO Monitor that is going to debate them or 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 overall in this arena. They got used to it every year. They are the only ones that are speaking their own ideas. No one is challenging them. It's their own show, their own echo chamber. And I think when this uh, sank down that I'm there and I'm part of the program, then the problems started started and 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 almost maybe two hours three hours after they understood that that i'm part of the debate suddenly um, um one of the the, the swedish israel association uh, people received a message that if you want to debate in your 20 minutes we can do a debate you can bring anyone but this guy from ngo monitor so it was just specifically you they could have brought any other israeli no any other person that now is there they knew that there is no other israeli they knew that everyone are from the sweden israel association and there is me as the expert that was invited and the other side had an israeli from betelem which is now the leader of the apartheid slur against israel which is okay but but can you, can you explain for my listeners just quickly about Betzalem, what what Betzalem is? Yeah, so Betzalem is an Israeli NGO. Uh, mo- most most of the eighty percent, more than eighty percent of the funding comes from European governments. They are a, a, they exist a, a very long time, and they consider to be the prominent human rights NGO that. Uh, specifically deals with what's happening uh, uh, between the Israelis and Palestinians. I can tell you that until 10 years ago, yes, most of the Israelis didn't agree with their ideas, but but B'Tselem wasn't so involved in the delegitimization campaign against Israel. In the last 10 years, things have shifted, not only with B'Tselem, but I think with all the the camp of of the human rights world. And they became more and more extreme. They themselves disconnected themselves from the Israeli public. They say that uh, they started to speak about the fact that Israel as, as a state from the river to the sea is an apartheid state and we need to find a new solution. Uh, they. I'm sorry, just uh, for a second, uh, I have to explain. When you say from the river to the sea, I'm sure that's something you're used to hearing in Arabic, Hebrew yes, or English. Yes. But for my listeners, what does that mean? So basically, the, the, the debate around 
whether it should be a Palestinian state or not, is major the, the major focus or the major agreement on the or the international community is that there should be a, a Palestinian state on the uh, what we call the 67 border, the green light, but is actually uh, the 49 uh, um, um, uh, cease, uh, ceasefire lines, which is by Judah and Samaria, uh, West Bank, whatever people wants to call it. That's that's the the two-state solution. Yes. And side to that, you will have a Jewish and democratic Israeli state next to the Palestinian state. That's something that was agreed upon everyone, everyone in the human rights community back then and the international community. Recently, NGOs like B'Tselem, Amnesty and Human Rights Watch, and I can also name out a few, they, they had a process of disconnecting themselves from the fact that there should be a Jewish democratic Israel in any border. And started to speak from Jordan River in the east and the Mediterranean, the sea and the west. All the all the, the, the spectrum where Israelis and Palestinians live, for them it's an apartheid state. It, it's, uh, they're using very hard words like Jewish supremacy, like everything that the Jews are doing are uh, are for uh, expansion. Very words that that that, that reminds us uh, other things, and not an Israeli NGO. And they, they basically they, they disconnected themselves from the from the in, inside Israeli discourse, and they became more and more extreme. And and still, and still, I was, I wanted to sit with them on the same stage, because we are considered to be one of their greatest, biggest criticizers, and let the audience decide. Yes. Let's, let the audience decide. If you're so sure on your arguments, you shouldn't have any problem to put it, to challenge it in a debate. So uh, and, uh, uh, did you meet the guy from Betzalem? I did meet him when he came to the Israel, to the Sweden-Israeli uh, uh, Friendship Association stand. Uh, we spoke. It's it, it like I don't have a problem with anyone, but I think he doesn't like me so much. And I, uh, I said a number of times that I will be happy to sit with you on a debate. That's not what he understood. That's not what he wanted. Um, but th the interesting thing is that the explanation that I was given was very, very technical. And that's, that, that was so strange because many things, many things didn't add up. Like if you don't, if you didn't know that I am the guest, how come my name is on your website? Okay, so he had written that he was going to have a debate with you. Yeah, my name was written on the website. That's that that's the that's the thing. Now, more than that, we we planned and said, look, if no one will agree to a debate, we will have 20 minutes that I can do a one-man show and like to lecture why Israel is not apartheid. Why? Because they have their own 20 minutes of why Israel is apartheid. And they have a lot of other things like why Israel is to blame it all the climate uh, things. It's the same. The same thing was all over and over again. Uh, so the comfort was okay. So if if not a debate, at least I will can I can you know present the research by myself. 
but they made sure they said you don't go to the stage you're not coming to the stage but who they said that to you who said that so first, it, it started with uh, one of the technical organizers, the one that uh, one of the event organizers, and then I said, okay. So I demand to know who decided, and I want to see it written. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because if you're saying that it was a technical problem for three days, I believe that any technical problem can be solved. Yes. Eventually, I spoke with a, a representative of the Olaf Palma Center. Mm-hmm. Again, everything was conducted in a very polite, very nice. People wasn't offending, but I don't think they understood enough. My, I usually don't take things personally in the, in this business, but it was very, it was very clear that I, I, to them that I was insulted personally. Like you basically saying that the one that want to debate, the one that following any criteria that this place is giving, freedom of speech, debate, uh, long-lived awards, all the big things, is the one to be boycotted. Regardless of any technical difficulties, which I think was just an excuse. After the fact, we understood that the other NGOs were very much angry that I'm there, and they're the one that pushed the organizers to just back back down with you know technical excuses, oh, we didn't knew. Or we didn't have time to evaluate you. First of all, you had three days. Second of all, Google. I'm not, I'm, I, I, I wrote in endless newspapers. You have videos of me giving lectures. There you have my bio spray in the first uh, result in Google. You have a problem and you know I'm here, right? Talk to me. Present me the problem. Let's solve it. I am the one that wants to giving you what you asked. And I think the most outrageous things was, and that's not about me, that a few hours after that, they, not only that they didn't allow me to go, they canceled all the 20 minutes that the Sweden-Israel Association had in the main stage. Yeah. Like, so you had only 20 minutes, Amnesty and Bezalem discussing about Israel and apartheid. Yeah. And then the other 20 minutes just went black. They canceled the program. So it's not about me anymore. It's about any voice that is not, not what the other side is giving. And So anyone who is against people who are against Israel or even pro-Israel aren't allowed to speak, which in effect in, in this instance was you and you're, I suspect, Jewish? I, yeah. Yes. And and then there was some people from the Sweden Israel Association, which I suspect quite a few are Jewish. Yes, that's yeah. true. Hmm. But but you know they always uh, it it's it, it's interesting that you lay laid out because uh, also the guy from Bethlehem was Jewish, but someone told me someone told me in uh, after it happened that uh, there is always uh, and I'm I'm doing it with quotes. You know, the good Jew and the bad Jew. Exactly. Okay, you're a very good Jew if you're doing exactly what we want you to do. Uh, so, and again, I'm I'm saying that so people will understand. The, the Betzalem guy someone... is a good Jew. He's a socialist Jew. He doesn't want Israel to exist as a state. That constitutes a good Jew. That For, for them, he doesn't want, or 
he wants to spill his propaganda, which fits, by the way, it's funny because Bezalem funded by is being funded by SIDA. Yeah. Okay. It's not for nothing all those NGOs are there. They are it's everything is connected. Uh, SIDA gives out a lot of money. We I think they have a an annual budget of forty billion Swedish crowns. That's four billion dollars. Yes, yes, that's true. But 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 if I I think, and it's very important for me to to say that. Let's say that I believe that there was any as a technical problem, and you didn't know, but now you know, and I'm there, and you have time to set it up, and then other NGOs comes and basically acting against freedom of speech. So you 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 boycotting the one that was open to everyone. And you're giving the stage to the ones who boycotting all others. Yes, that's that's the paradox, and it doesn't matter technical or not technical, just doesn't matter. I'm there. I'm I, I'm I suspect, and I say that to the, to to the representatives that came to talk to me, that if I wasn't who I am, a I was a Palestinian or Iranian or someone that fits to their uh, to their agenda. The technical problem was being solved in two minutes. Of course, no, I I, uh, I, I actually do believe you, but I have uh, quite a lot of experience by now working here in Sweden. So, uh, so first of all, the first person who didn't want to debate you was the Betzelem guy, I suppose. Of course, yeah, yeah, and and then he was was he invited by someone or uh, yes. was it in? He was the guest of Amnesty. Which also uh, uh, we are considered to be uh, highly critical towards honesty, and they know that we we tearing apart every report that they doing, like in research wise, we're just tearing it apart and republishing it. And yeah, so he was their guest, and it's perfectly fine. They're, it's they're right, but uh, but also like if you go to the level of ideology, you are here to provide. An intellectual experience to your visitors. You, it's written all over. Yeah. You, you, on the, you had you had a great opportunity to do it, and they, you blow it. That's the that's the exact that's the problem. Yeah, I I read your uh, your article about it in Times of Israel, uh, and um, uh, but but uh, uh, you and you translated the, the motto of the Gothenburg. Book fair of 2022 correctly. Long live the word, but they're not saying words, and they're not saying free words. They're just saying word, one word, and and they they don't specify what word that is, uh, but apparently not your word. So, yeah, yeah, it's a. There but is but a you're story. right, and and and, uh, and and as soon as I heard uh, what happened, I called the Swedish Israel Association. And I asked them, but you paid to participate, right? You paid to have a stand. And, and they were like, yeah, we paid 22,000 crowns to, to get a booth at the fair. And, uh, within, uh, and in, into that, you also are guaranteed 20-minute speaker time on yes. stage. True. So, so they, they paid for something that they didn't get, basically. That's true. I, again, I, because, I was the, because I was a guest... And I really wanted to take myself out from the uh, 
from the debate between the Sweden Israel Association and the organizers as you know as as a customers. But I can tell you that in the day after it was published, because we 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 just wrote about it on the social media and people started to, to speak about it. The amount of people that came to talking to me when I stood in this booth was uh, it was unbelievable. Everyone from everything, even people that are not uh, quite sure where they are standing. It was funny, even the even the one of the two uh, activists from I think it was from one of the one of the Sweden BDS organizations. I don't remember. They came to see who is this guy from NGO Monitor. Like eventually. It was, it, it was, it was a total miss from the organizers, because people do do want to see those things. People do want to see the people debate and exchange ideas. That's the that's the beauty of all of those things. And also, it's the it's what people like to see. Yes, people arguing with each other, and 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 I think in some place, although I was furious deep inside. It it didn't surprise me so much because I don't know uh, it, I don't know if you're familiar with our research specifically on Sweden. I am, but, but for the for your listeners, I will tell that we documented for years just millions of millions of Swedish coroners going through the most notorious NGOs that promotes anti-Semitism, uh, anti-Zionism, BDS. Nothing had to do with making the Palestinian lives better. Yeah, I know, and that's Swedish and, money. And that's 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 Swedish money. Now, and it's not connected to the the relations between the two states. It's money that comes from a very complicated bureaucratic machine called SIDA. Yes, and it's money that being funneled to, through other bodies, other NGOs. Diakonia, the Church of Sweden, uh, the NGO Development Center, they're all hubs of SIDA to give money to a very specific groups of, of NGOs. It's not like they're giving to 200. It's always the same eight, nine, 10 NGOs that involved in bringing Israel to the International uh, Criminal Court. Yes. Or anti-normalization, yeah. anti-peace. Yeah. And it's all... It's all connected in my head when I saw those signs of SIDA yeah. and this cancel culture and, you know, the research in the back of my head, of our heads, and it all came to reality in one, in one second. You know, uh, this is a special country, but um, so uh, do, is there anything else you want to say about uh, your experience here that I might have missed? So, uh, it, it, it's very important to... To, it, it's important to stress that I'm a professional and I'm and I'm representing an organization. And this organization is very much critical towards the pol the policies of Sweden. But it's not critical towards the fact that Sweden is an ally of Israel. It's not critical towards the Swedish people, wherever they will be. And it's really different if we take the other side which is not talking about the Israeli policies. They're talking about the leg legitimacy of, of the state of Israel, of the right of self-defense, of the right of existence. And 
And I said that in one of my lectures in uh, Gutenberg that I think the biggest fear is not that those activities of the NGOs bringing a, a widening the gap between Israelis and Palestinians, they also hurting and and damaging the relations between Israelis and Europeans, and in that in that case, uh, the Swedish people. When Israelis see that that Sweden funds those things against them, that blaming them to be war criminals and animals and child killers, and want to prosecute them in the international courts and boycott them, they they don't look they don't look on it like you and me for them it's sweden as sweden as a country as people and that's the biggest that's the biggest danger uh, uh, with this ngo industry that being funded by european by, the, by european countries and i do hope that the experience i had is a one time incident and it's a it's a thing that i can use in order to show people that we are the ones with the facts. We are the ones with that are willing to debate, that are not boycotting anyone. And the other side is the, exactly the opposite. I understand. Thank you, Itai, for taking the time to speak to me. And uh, Shana Tova. Shana Tova, thank you very much for having me in your uh, show. Tack för att du har lyssnat på Dekonstruktiv kritik. Gästade gjorde Itai Romini från NGO Monitor och gästspelade gjorde Patrik Derston från Olof Palme Internationella Center. OPIC om man vill eh, börja använda den förkortningen. För att höra hela konversationen med Patrik finns denna tillgå i det här avsnittet på min Patreon. Patreon.com slash ett stort tack till dig som stöder Dekonstruktiv kritik. Det finansieras av dig som lyssnar och gillar det du hör. Du kan stötta DK på patreon.com aronflam där du också får avsnitten några dagar före gemene man och tillgång till extra långa reaktionsavsnitt med mig och David Eberhardt. Glöm för övrigt inte att titta på mina och David Eberhards reaktionsvideos. Båda delarna av när jag och David reagerar på Matt Walshs dokumentär What is a woman? Korta versionerna ligger ute på min Youtube-kanal och i full längd på patreon.com aronflam. Härnäst släpper vi det absolut tråkigaste boomers reagerar som spelats in och det är när vi reagerar på SVTs babel. Herregud vilket sömnpiller det var. Det går såklart också bra att stötta mitt arbete på Paypal med bitcoin eller med Swish 0768 943737. 0768-943737. Ett ännu större tack till dig som kommit på någon av kvällarna under min och Jens Ganmans gemensamma turné Scener från ett tvångsäktenskap. Det har gått så pass bra att vi funderar på att förlänga turnén med några städer till. Vilka det blir återkommer jag till framöver. Tills vidare hittar du min och Jens Ganmans bok Älskade Public Service, själva underlaget för turnén på min hemsida aronflam.com slash merchandise. Jag är Aron Flam. Till nästa gång. Ha en god tidsenhet. Mm.